Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I am Maddie here with Brittany. Hello, and today we will be reviewing Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. Now, this came out this week on Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> um, I finished it on Thursday, and it was quite the experience. Um, I've already the moms seen... will be fighting in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I've already just seen so Maddie's Goodreads <laughs> readings, so there's a little bit of a house divided. Now, I will acknowledge before we get into this that, like, there are some areas where this book falls short. Uh, but, like, I... Part of my rating is based on the fact that after I finished this book, I had that, like unfillable void for two like two or three days where I was just like I don't know what to do with myself now it's usually a a, a, the mark of a good story I also generally think with series usually the second book is not as strong as the first um see I would say that except everybody who likes Akatar likes Akomaf better than they liked Akatar generally that's the rule of thumb. I mean that, and the cham- the Chamber of Secrets is better than the the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, but I would argue like, I, like I like the fourth book more than I like one, two, and three. With Harry Potter, there's so yeah. many that it's like kind of hard to. Um, this one definitely moved the plot along. I'm interested to see where the next one goes. Um, but I just I'm by the so way. enthralled by this world. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say this is a this is not spoiler free by the way. Yeah. So this entire episode will be spoilers. Obviously, it is the second book in the series. So if you have not read Fourth Wing yet, you should go and read Fourth Wing before we start talking about Iron more aspects of the book. Yeah. But I just wanted to really quickly say that it's be careful. There's spoilers. Yeah. In there, so and this is not one of the series where you can like skip the first book and chunk it on the second. Mm-hmm. It's not like the romance books we read, like the Twisted series or anything like that. So. Um, and when we redu- when we do reviews of books like that, we like this one, uh, series like this one, we just kind of have to do spoilers once we get past the first book, which if you're here anyways, you should have probably read the first book to begin with. So, um, I want to, I forgot to put this up because I wanted to put it up because it matches my, your aesthetic. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'll give a brief run-through of what this is. We'll talk about how we're rating it, and then we can, like, really get into the plot. But this book picks up, obviously, at the end of the last one, uh, after Rasan. I think that's what the battle was called, Rasan. Um, they call it Resin. Resin. Um, and they're trying to figure out where to go from here, right? Violet now knows about the Venom, and we know that Dane's been stealing memories from her, so how are they going to go about this? They decide to go back to Bisgaeth. Um, they were <coughs> able to pull off this charade, I guess, <laughs> when they get back. Um, Dane's dad gets in trouble, uh-oh, because uh, Violet's mom finds out that he sent her to die, basically. Um, and we get a new, even worse villain for, like, the first half of the book, uh, Zayden graduates. They spend a lot of time apart in this book, um, 
it's mostly Violet going through like an internal battle of sharing information with her friends and also like navigating the relationship with her mom and Dane and this new villain in the story. And he gets halfway through the book. And there's like a very, it feels like this book is like two different books, to be honest. Yes. Yes. I said the same thing to Emily because we were talking about it yesterday because she also did not like it as much as I, like, she did not like it. Like, she got, we both gave it threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I were talking about how, like, the first book, like, the first part literally feels like it could be its own separate book. Mm-hmm. But if she released just that, people would have been so mad yeah yeah um and like i think this is honestly it's kind of similar to Nine Thousand hellbent in the sense that like they do a bunch of things to try and find the solution to like the overarching problem right and they get so close on a handful of occasions but they're just not working with like a full arsenal of information so it was like frustrating in that regard to like read about it and then they do they have to go through all this again and just add one final step and it like finally works that was kind of frustrating (laughs) for me um but i i think too like there were parts of the book that could have been a little bit shorter Yes. Parts that needed more length. Uh, yes. Parts that felt kind of thrown in there. I, that being said, I still yes. had a five. I don't know. I think it's just because I like this environment so much. Realistically, it's probably more of like a four for me. And I think I was just kind of in like the post-reading high when I gave <laughs> it five on Goodreads. I still really liked it, but I'm fully willing to acknowledge that there were some definite issues. But yes, the first half and the second half feel like two separate books, like a second and a third book. Um, and you can kind of tell that there were some issues when she tried to mush those together. And I honestly don't know how she's going to come up with three more books worth of content. Uh, because it feels like there I... could be a three book series. Uh, um, okay. So, I gave it a three, and the reason why I gave it a three is that the main, the biggest problem with this book is that it felt so amateur. Mm -hmm. Like, the writing felt so amateur. There were parts of it that felt like Wattpad fanfiction. He literally says that he and Violet are endgame at a point in this book. And I said, are you a child? Are you, do you run a Stan account? What, why are you saying that you, this is for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, not for you to be saying. Like, you are a mythical man. Anyhow. Yeah. But you, said, to and, just you that, said in the last review that you liked that she said moral, like, no, real life. No, I do. I do <laughs> like that. The, I No, this is what I, I, I made a TikTok thing. yesterday. I made a TikTok yesterday. It's like five minutes long. By the way, thank you all so much for 2,100 followers on TikTok. Um, anyhow, so what I liked about Fourth Wing 
is that it made fantasy accessible. It let people who are not typically into the fantasy genre explore a new genre, which I think is great. And I think that she does it in a way that can attract people who have never read it before. Akatar, I feel like you have to have some sort of interest in fantasy in the first place. With Fourth Wing, it is like romance, romance writing with fantasy plot, mm-hmm. which I don't hate. What I don't like is the naive level of writing that it became that I did not feel I saw in Fourth Wing. So in Iron Flame, it felt like it was a lot of her trying to be relatable in a world that's not really relatable. And she did the same thing in Fourth Wing, but it was executed so much better mm. in Fourth Wing, in my opinion. Because I'm not changing my rating on for- or my, my rating for Fourth Wing. I still really loved Fourth Wing. I think Fourth Wing was really, really good. I did not feel that same way about Iron Flame. I also think that part of the issue is that she wrote this book, or she had to have written this book, I don't know for sure, but she had to have written this book so fast. The first book came out in May. So we can either assume that she had already, you know, been in works and development of publishing this book, because it it had a big release, too. Like, it wasn't like it was, like, some small release. And it's not her first book, so people were probably already looking forward to seeing her have this new series. It... Even with that, I think that she did not do the due diligence that needs to be done when writing a book like this, because mm-hmm. the the parts of the book that are fantasy, like the, I was in this little tiny town in this little spot, and then two seconds later, she's describing a scenario, and I'm like, okay, wait, that's not matching up with, like, the way that I felt that, like, you have described it in the past in my head. Like, it has been described in different ways that don't make any sense, and I'm like, okay, so wait are we near the ocean? And I had to like keep flipping back to the map and be like, wait, where are we? What is going on? And I did not like that part either because I felt like it was trying to accomplish two different things at the same time, neither of them done particularly well. And it the writing just was not good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and yeah, then uh, the, the next issue, the, the rest of the issues that I have are kind of, uh, I mean, it still has to do with writing, I guess, but, like, the characters, I feel like, weren't the side, like, the new side characters that we were introduced to or, like, were supposed to be expanded on in this book, I don't feel like got a lot of expansion. <clears throat> like, she cares a lot about Sawyer, and I'm like, we barely know this man, and yet here you are, risking your life for him, and it's not, and he's being portrayed as somebody that you do know well, but I feel like we don't know him very well. The same for Sloane. Sloane was supposed, was set up in the last book to be like this big character in this upcoming book. And she does have a big role in this book, but she's, we don't know anything about her. We like, we don't, we don't know who she really is. We just have like these glimpses of her and her constant comparison to her brother. And we don't know anything about her. Yeah. Um, I also feel like when Violet's mom dies, that Violet has like these emotions that I don't feel like are, in compare like can compare to the way that she's talked about the way she's felt about her mom in the past the way that she's always talked about her mom is that oh i don't really know she like really loves me she has like kind of like the stern sort of sense and then you know we have the her letting her go and leave the college to go be with zayden the the rebels and even then like it's just kind of like oh she's letting me do this okay that's cool bye like that's that's literally all that she 
really thinks about that. And then her mom sacrifices herself. And then she's like, oh, my mom. Mm -mm." And I'm like, you literally have never mentioned one time that you have even had a little bit of some sort of caring feeling about your mom before. Like a a familial, like other than just being like, oh, that's my mom. But like, like a relationship, sort of. Um, I also think that Mira, Mira and Violet both just kind of dismiss the fact that their brother lied to them for six years by pretending to be dead. And yes, Mira punches him in the face, but that's really it. I mean, he gets no other significant consequence to that. If, personally, if Colin pretended that he was dead for six years and came back, I would have very big trust issues, trust issues with him. And yet they're willing to trust him on every single thing up to this point. Also, while I'm on this tangent, Zayden, I don't like Zayden anymore. I'm team Dane. Okay, I gotta say it. But let me tell you, Zayden, I don't know if I'm, Zayden, I don't know if it's like a team thing between them because there was just no chemistry between her and Dane in this book. I don't think it's like a triangle. I don't. Anymore. I I think there is. I think there's chemistry, especially in the library scene when they're like. She said the first talking. time she kissed him, she felt nothing. That doesn't like produce. Yeah. That doesn't produce anything for a love triangle. Like I don't. I did not feel any draw to him. I think he'll have a redemption, in terms of their friendship. And I'll have a romance with some other side character. But, like, I feel like she, if it was supposed to be a love triangle, like, at least, like, Twilight, for example, at least Bella has, like, some sort of feelings towards Jacob as, like, things are going around, like, happening. But, like, after she kissed Dane, it was just nothing. Then there was the betrayal. And, like, I think they're working their way back to friendship. But I saw no chemistry whatsoever. So, okay, I think I think that they have chemistry. And I think that he's being set up to be the new love interest in the upcoming book, especially since Satan is in his evil PETA era. So I think that it's going to shape up to be kind of like a love triangle. That's another thing. It's like, I just don't think that it's being executed properly, but I do think that he's going to end up being a love triangle. And also, let me tell you why I hate Zayden. Zayden knew, right, the entire time based on his new little power he has, not new, like, in that he just got it, but, like, new to us, the entire time that Dane's intentions were not to hurt Violet. And instead of being like, hey, Violet, maybe you should give him the benefit of the doubt, he's like, no, you should hate his guts. Like, you should, like, really hate his guts. Like, he's, like, really bad and, like, really awful. And, like, you should, like, really hate him. Despite the fact, no, like, despite that he knows that she, like, that he is her oldest, closest friend. I think I okay I can concede that I also think however though there's still some sort of compelling argument for keeping Dane at arm's length at least in the beginning of the book even if his intentions weren't necessarily to hurt Violet we know that we can't trust him because he'll run off and tell his daddy stuff um maybe he didn't go about it in the right way uh by like perpetuating this ideology of Uh, the way Violet perceived what happened with Dane like that definitely is wrong but it doesn't mean that I don't think Zayden should have been like pushing Violet to associate with Dane he's still not a trustworthy person until we get into the latter half of the book and by that point he's already done things to like gain her trust and we've come to realize that he didn't know a lot of what was going on or what happened uh in Resin but like I don't I, I I think there was a good argument to stay away from Dane, but I don't I don't think that Zayden went about it in the right way. And I think that leads to like more of the I think this book reveals that Zayden is like not as 
perfect as we viewed him in like the first book and like granted he had some issues right like he's got secrets whatever but like when they're fighting we come to the realization that even though he's like a traitor right or a rebel or however you want to say it a revolutionary it's with the purpose of fighting the venom which he's known about for a long time so we can kind of justify that um and I think in this book, one, it's really hard. Like, I didn't like how often they were apart. Uh, it felt like it was just dragging out the drama between them unnecessarily. And then whenever they were together, though, they were fighting the entire time. Right. But, I mean, like, that, I, it, I, it makes sense to me on why that's happening, right? Because they spend a lot of time together. They're, they're, they spend a lot of time apart after spending a lot of time together automatically there's going to be some sort of tension there there's also the recent betrayal that they're trying to build trust off of after uh and like it just festers for so long and i did not like that like i didn't i don't know i zayden was very evasive that and that was purposeful but it was like too much um like he kept telling her to ask questions questions yeah you know the questions to ask and like i think in by the time we get to the latter half of the book it's explained that he like he's doing that because he doesn't want to like give her information she doesn't really want to know right like he's he basically insinuates he's like you know the right questions to ask you just didn't ask them because you didn't really want the answers and that's so like that's such like circular reasoning um but, okay, one thing that I'm, like, dying to talk about, and I've already seen TikToks about it, which have influenced my opinion. Um, <laughs> but apparently Rebecca Yara said that, like, Violet does have, of course, another power, another sigil, and that she alluded to mm-hmm. it in this book. And it's probably that she can see dead people uh, or commune with the dead, which... um. I guess checks out like well I want to see if like her mom makes a reprise in these latter books or her dad like I'm like she's seeing Liam right throughout the book Mm -hmm. which is the part that made me cry I'm sure you could gather from when I was texting you she was so furious I texted her and I was like I'm crying I didn't tell her why or what part of the book I was at and she was like how could you do this no, you did. You said I. You said I just finished chapter thirty-seven. I'm sobbing right now. Oh, did I? And I said I'm on chapter twenty. Why would you tell me this? <laughs> you know, she might have told me I'm the worst friend ever, and then I might have looked through our texts yeah. to see if you had texted me about a book I hadn't finished yet that you were crying, and you have. So I don't feel that bad about what? it. It was Jason Jones in the six. <laughs> oh. You told me you finished it and you were crying, yeah. and I hadn't finished it yet. So that's my. Dream. I've cried at the. <laughs> Every Taylor Jenkins read book I've read, I've cried at the end of it. Even Evelyn Hugo? No, not okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Not Evelyn. I, I just didn't like I just hated Cecilia, but yeah, she was the worst. <laughs> um But yeah, so she Violet's getting tortured and Liam's there, he's like, it's fine. And I was crying, sobbing, sad. Uh I did I also I can what? Oh, I think it's really weird how just, like, 
in the middle of the book they kill off the main villain and like the main human villain and then like a quarter or is it a quarter of the way through the second part they kill off his dragon and it's just like mm, okay all done yeah. I'm like, what? I you're like, oh, killing a dra- a dragon, killing another dragon is a major crime in the dragon world, and then they're just like, mm, uh, kitten slay. He was a menace. Uh. Yeah, I like that's. I think that's part of the reason why it felt like two separate books. Is like normally in a series there will be like sub villains, right? Like in a Kotar, mm-hmm. it was like Amarantha was the sub villain, and then it was like. Jurian. And then it was, like, kind of Jurian, kind of, like, the Night Court, kind of Tamlin. But, like, overall, it was, like, the King of Highburn, right? It's, like, the big underlying baddie. And I get it, the Venom guy is, like, the bad guy. But apparently he's not even, like, the bad, bad guy. So I'm, like, why was she dreaming about him the whole time? Like, if he's not the the big daddy Venom man. Um... I, uh, I think, uh, I mean, I I don't know if this is just, like, some stupid obvious thing I'm saying, but I think that her dreams are not really dreams, but I think that the Venom are, like, actually going into her and being like, we want you, girly. Yeah. We're coming for yeah. you. Yeah. Also, I, I know I already made the joke, but the end when Zayden's like, you should be scared of me, it made me think about evil PETA, like, <laughs> when he comes back from the Capitol, and he's just, like, he like sees Katniss and then he like tries to strangle her. Yeah, it's very much evil Peter core, except for it's gonna be him. Like, by- also, I hate that they brought Jack Barlow back. It's giving Emperor Palpatine new, new Star Wars. Okay, yes, somehow Palpatine has come back. Somehow Jack Barlow has returned. They don't even explain why. They're just like he's been Venom this whole time. I'm like, is that why he's still alive? Like, uh. I didn't think, I thought it was that it wasn't that he's been Venom the whole time. I think what I, because this is a part that I think will be answered in the, in the next book. Like, how did he come back and stuff? Um, I think that whatever Nolan, that's the healer guy, right? Whatever he's been doing this entire time has been, because he's been like draining, like it says like he's been physically drained. I think that Jack Barlow was maybe turned into Venom at some point by because obviously they're like people are like keeping Venom like zombies like like the 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 Viscount guy um, keep it reminds me of uh, the Walking Dead do you know what I'm talking about yeah. when they like yes. they just have some zombies there um, yeah I that's what it reminds me of that he. And, Basically, he, like, got turned at some point, and Nolan has been trying to, like, repair him and heal him, but Jack Barlow's like, hee-hee, I'm gonna suck your little power out. Yeah. I think, too, like, okay, I have two thoughts. One, okay. One will be about Zayden. The first one, though, is about that little side quest to the Viscount. Um, yeah. It felt like what Sarah J. Mass did with like the High Lord meeting. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In book, I think it was book three, um, where they all get together and it's just like, okay, really, what is the purpose of this? Um, and like, I get it was to establish that, like, one, Zayden has more secrets. Surprise. He used to date this girl, Kat, and she's the worst, and she's the Viscount's niece, and Viscount is a tricky, tricky trickster man. Um, and, like, the whole arena thing with Mira and Brennan. Uh, it felt like 
that scene went by too fast. Um, and like I wish I was confused what was happening. <laughs> it should have been if it this again. This is why I'm like this should have. been... I think it should have been two books really. Um, because that should have been like several chapters establishing like the tradition there in that area. Like, and you know, you don't have to go into like super big detail, but like explaining the house explaining like the dinner and stuff that they went to because she basically like showed up in this dress battled it out and then it was over and they negotiated and it just felt so fast um so i didn't necessarily like that it was i i recognized that it was establishing how we're getting the griffin riders to atria or artia however you say it um and like the dynamic between the Viscount Cat and Zayden and like their betrothal, whatever. Like I I get that, but it just felt so fast. And then like I also understand that over the course of the latter half of the book, Cat and Violet are trying to like learn some sort of respect for each other. Like it feels like that towards the end we see that, especially with like what happens in the caves and then like during the battle and stuff. But I just like I don't think there's there was enough that happened between Violet and Kat for them to, like, find common ground from, like, how volatile it was initially to where we end the book. So that was a little frustrating to me, too. But, um, one, several of my predictions were definitely true, <laughs> which just goes with, like, this is, and I don't know if it's because it's, like, a conglomerate of a bunch of different fantasy books that I've read over the course of my lifetime. Like, it reminds me a lot of The Hunger Games, parts of Twilight, parts of um Sarah J Mass series like there's a lot of different elements divergent all all of those dystopian books that we read as like kids and stuff it, it pulls a lot of elements from that so like it feels it's sometimes very predictable I figured her mom had some sort of other motive for forcing her into the writer's quadrant surprise she did um also I felt like they didn't do enough to establish Markham as a villain like we kind of just jumped from like oh he he's been her mentor her whole life to like okay now he's a bad guy and like i wish he just would have done more a few more like devious things to establish that um yeah and of course mira joins the cause i figured she would i her i was a little bit surprised by how quickly all her friends were willing to like jump on board because usually there's some sort of like betrayal of the internal friends group and i don't feel like that's happened yet maybe it's coming um but my one of my predictions especially with this whole zayden is a venom thing is i think they're gonna find i i i your i freaking vampire diaries it, core it's i think it is kind of vampire diaries core i think what's gonna happen is like through their quest to find a way to vanquish the venom i think they'll find someone who like used to be venom or something like that and they found some sort of way around it some like magic cuff or something that keeps them like disconnected from the source uh because i think zayden she either has to like kill him off or like make him the bad guy without redemption or he has to be redeemed and like i think redemption will come at a cost and it seemed like when he tapped the source, like, I don't, we also don't know how this is going to play out between, like, Zayden and Sigail. Like, are they just not 
is he not allowed to draw from her anymore? Like how does, you know, I don't know how that works, but I could, I could envision them finding someone who like used to be Venom, who was able to cut themselves off from the source, but the cost is like, you can't wield magic at all. So he has to, maybe he has to give up his bond with Sigail and can't use magic anymore. I don't know. I think if he does have some sort of salvation, it'll come out of cost or she'll have to kill him. Like, but I don't know if Rebecca Yaros, considering this book and the other one, is, like, brave enough to kill off the main love interest. That's That was something else I wanted to bring up, is that she loves killing off side-side characters. So not, like, in the first, like, I was like, oh, we're gonna kill off Liam? Okay, cool. Like, he's kind of, you know, a main character. We hear from him a lot. He's around a lot. But, like, in this book, it's, like, Nadine, who I'm like, who is this girl? You know, she just, like, gets her neck snapped. And, like, uh. and then we have, um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but, like, Lue or Luel or something Luella. like that. Or Luella. And she's like, oh, my God, she's just like me. She's so small and tiny. And then she dies, like, 30 seconds yeah. later. And I'm like. And all the people who are at, like, the side characters from Resson. Yeah. They all get assassinated. Um, yeah. I'll, okay, also. I don't, like, I genuinely don't understand, and it doesn't make sense that Jack Barlow saved her from the assassins. No, it literally- And it doesn't yeah, come into no, the plot it, later. It makes, because, well, because he's like, you get one. And I'm like, if you're a vet, like, the only thing I could think of is that, like, his sage or whatever Me wants too. her. And so he's like, I can't kill her. Because, it's kind of like a Voldemort thing where, like, if Bellatrix had killed Harry, then Voldemort would have killed her. Like, it would have, like, not been- I think another <laughs> issue, too, is that we kind of know that Varric was behind Jack Barlow, but he's not Venon. Right. And he's dead now, so there's no point in, like, going back to him in the plot. So, like, what was right. his purpose in bringing Jack Barlow back? And was Jack just using that as, like, a... Was he just manipulating someone else's desire to do bad to, you know continue with his venom ways or like uh like i don't know that storyline feels incomplete there were also parts of the book that i liked now that we've shit on it for 25 oh, minutes wait hold on i got a, i got um a part that i really liked okay. it was the throne scene my house my chair my woman mm. i love that yeah, uh, not nearly enough groveling from him, by the way. No. Uh, Although that scene was immediately ruined two seconds later when he was like, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I hate you, Zayden. You're turning into a little baby-backed bitch. Yeah, I... So I don't know where this series is gonna go from here, aside from, like, my little mini-prediction about Zayden. I don't know like i am assuming <sighs> violet will become some sort of like leader amongst the new ranks whenever they vanquish the venom or whatever um i'm also like okay i kind of understand where king tari's son comes into the the plot but i'm like really bring that up too really what is his purpose like because i don't think he's well, gonna die 
Well, let's talk about that for a minute because in the first book, right, she talks about how he's how the king is kind of like a baby back bitch in himself. He wears medals for wars that he has not been a part of, um, and he's just you know that guy. Um, his son joins the college um, secretly without telling his dad because he hates his dad. He's like, my dad, my dad's a, a, a dick. Um, and what he, his purpose in this story ends up being is that he's like the only person who can grab a, a book out of like this or get like, give them permission to get into the library to grab a book out of it that they're looking for. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> And then he he joins the rebellion. He's like, oh yeah, my name, it's not this, it's something else. And then he's like trying to hide his identity the entire time. What is the, like, obviously the king is going to play some sort of role, I think, probably in the next book. But what do you think his role will end up being? Because he is, he's not like uh, the king in Akatar. Like, he's not strong- he doesn't seem like he's a strong-willed, strong-minded person. Because Violet talks about him in such like a- a casual sort of guy kind of way. Um, I don't know. He could be leverage of some sort. Like, it would more likely be, like, leverage for the Venom because at this point, like, um, Artia's out of the picture. Like, we've mended the Wardstone and, um, and Darna's the only dragon of her kind, so we can't we can't do the spell on the other rock. Sad. Um, but that being said, like now because the rest of the continent knows about the Menon and the Weaver and everything, Wyvern, uh, there's no hiding from it. So like, there's no more need for like. I mean, there will probably be tensions between the Navarian government, the people who were the rebellion or the revolution or whatever and then the griffin riders like there's going to be tension but i don't see them infighting anymore because i think this is a demonstration to like melgren and everybody else that they can't fight with only half of their dragons uh and you know like violet was the only one who's able to figure out what to do with the wardstone and everything so i don't think they'll let her go so i think i don't think he could be used as leverage by the revolution or whatever against the king. But I could see the Venon getting a hold of him. Trying to get King Tar to do something. But again, he just seems more of like a figurehead. So I don't really know. Uh, and then another thought I had was like. But they've already done this kind of with the Cat and Zayden storyline. Is that like. Violet's so powerful that I could see them trying to like get her to marry into the royal family or something through him but like i didn't really feel like they laid the foundations for that either so i'm not quite sure i also wanted to talk about rhiannon because as much as she was described as like a good fighter in the book they rebecca made it seem like she was a no-brainer for the choice of squad leader and i was just i didn't really <laughs> get that for me it was more of like when ron and hermione found out they were prefects. yes yes that's ex yes it's like oh it can't be violet because she's got to go off and do stuff with zayden every week 
So we've got to hire somebody else. So it's it's Ron coming in and saying, I can't believe I'm the prefect. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> and, like, I could, I understood why she was keeping things from Rihanna and Rihanna was starting to put them together. And then, like, they started to mend, mend their friendship. Like, that, that part of the storyline made sense to me. And I liked it. Like, them having to come back together and, like, also Rihanna picking up on the fact that, like, She's distancing herself and keeping secrets and putting it all together. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Really, and, like, I, back to the Sawyer thing, too. Like, we know him from the first book because he's the one who got held back a year. And, like, he's one of the remaining members of their squad. I feel like, really, his value <laughs> throughout the second book is just that he likes Jusinia. And she, I think she likes him, too. But, so, like... When he loses his leg at the end, when it gets bitten off, um, I'm like, do you think he's going to, is this going to be like how to train your dragon? Like, <laughs> give him a leg? Or is he just like out of commission now and him and Jacinia are going to be little, be scribes together, be little brain baddies back at right. HQ? I don't know, but, um. Yeah, and then, like, there some of the headings where it's, like, correspondence retrieved, I'm like, you're alluding to something happening, yeah. but I... What the hell does that... Yeah, okay. I read the first one, and, okay, so I got us this app. It's called Fable. If you guys have not heard of it, Cordy did not I'm use sorry. it. I was already, like, halfway through the book by the time you sent that to me. But I, like, took notes for certain parts of the book. So, let's see, the first chapter, I have a note, it says, uh, um, let's see, I want to see what, what I, I literally made a note of this. Um, this is back when I still had hope, there's so many things. <laughs> I, I said, she tells herself I will not die today about a thousand times. I wonder if eventually she'll say, I will die today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can already see the, like, the stupid conversation. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, chapter 10. She's been attacked, and I feel like once Dane finds out his dad was trying to kill her, he's gonna turn good. <laughs> easy. Easy predictions. Easy wins. Okay, chapter 11. Recovered correspondence? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Recovered? Yeah, disrespectful. And then also, uh, did you notice how Andarna goes quiet when Violet starts talking about her dad's research? I'm right on my phone, so I do have highlights. By the way, I said okay. in the last episode that I didn't think I ordered it, so I bought it on my phone. I did order it, and it showed up when I was halfway done. <laughs> so I finished it I this way because it was easier, but... I also put a note on here on chapter 20 that Violet's just trying to tell anyone and everyone her secrets. She's like, I cannot keep a secret to save my life. Um. Okay, so also I was right about Naolan giving up his life for um, Brennan. And also 
alluding to the fact that they were more than just friends. Besties a kiss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let me see. I have a bunch of stuff highlighted here. Oh, it's mostly just uh, Liam being like, it's fine. And she's like dying. It's fine. We're cool. There's one like heading. Oh, okay. This one's from chapter 65. This is what made me sad about Violet's mom's death. This particular one. Most generals dream of dying in service to their kingdom, but you know me better than that, my love. When I fall, it will be for one reason only to protect our children. Recovered unsent correspondence of General Lilith Sorengale. Yeah, I wish. Weird that she says that, and then there's just like no emotion to how Violet feels about her mom prior to that. <laughs> yeah, and like the, I think again, I think this is the problem. It should have been two books. It, it would have been better if in the second book Violet had more time to talk with her mom about all of this stuff, aside from her mom being like. Yeah, I put you in the writer's quadrant because you're too smart for your own good and I knew Markham would uh, probably get you killed. And um, and then when Violet's like, well, you would have looked down on me for being a scribe. And her mom's like, the love of my life was a scribe. You know, and there was like no time for her and Brennan to make up aside from when she dies and he's like crawling to her. Um and why are you laughing, you maniacal little wench? <laughs> because I'm just thinking. I'm just picturing it in my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't actually, that does not. I can't explain to you what I'm seeing in my head, but it's funny. I think, like, I think it. Okay, it reminds me a lot of when, like, Farah, Nesta, and Elaine's dad dies. Yeah. It, no, it, what this part of the book reminded me of is when they get thrown into the freaking cauldron. Yeah. And Farah's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, alright, we gotta, we gotta talk about it. Um, Zayden and Violet are Farah and Rhysand. If you took those, those groups and you literally just switched them out, the only reason why I could tell a difference is because Violet has an ombre. Yeah. And, and like, and, well, and also, Reese has wings. So. Yeah. But they have dragons. It makes it cooler. Um, but no, their relationship is starting to feel a lot like Feyre and Reese and I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like this book as much is because I don't like Akatar. And so. But their relationship is starting to feel a lot like that, especially when it's like he's keeping secrets from her and being kind of low-key toxic and manipulative and it's the same way that Reese is where it's like yeah no no babe you can go out and fight this war that'd be like super cool and awesome of you and like so cool and awesome but like it's my job to keep you safe it's just uh, it, it is just annoying like that also their bond is starting to feel almost identical yeah I didn't notice that fans. because there was a point where like she's it well yeah she's like in his head and he's like she's like the need that i feel is his need for me um and i was like whoa this is giving the cabin in yeah um, um so yeah well, a also, lot of it, similarities 
and like I felt similarities both like in the in fourth wing also because there's a there's a part of Akatar when it's like the first book right when Rhysand's like you don't know how long I've been waiting for you, or looking for you or whatever the quote is and then uh Zayden says something very similar where he's like I've been yours longer than you could imagine and it just has the same energy yeah. behind it yeah, and I think that's supposed to allude to the fact that, like, he's known Brennan for a long time, and, like, I don't know. That's weird. I, I, think her... <laughs> I don't think he did a good job either of, like, resolving her insecurity of, about the fact that, like, during the first couple interactions, like, in the first book, it's portrayed as, like, she's, like, an irresistible danger to him like he can't he just can't help himself and then we find out it's because he made a deal with her mom and like he doesn't really ever resolve he's like yeah i made a deal with your mom and it gave me the opportunity to get to know you but i feel like it would have been better if he was like it didn't matter because like the second i saw you i would have acted the same way like he basically is just like yeah like our first the first couple yeah. months of our interaction were definitely because of that not because i was like drawn to you which he and like i guess he was still but like i don't know i also, also i think I, violet's mom's death is gonna affect mira the most um i don't think that i was just the, uh, so violet's mom's supposed to be like morally gray right but i feel like there's like a disconnect between her morally grayness it's like she's like two separate characters because there's like the one who did something horrible and awful and like stabbed satan in the back 107 times like literally and then <laughs> there's her sacrificing herself for her kids and there's no connection between those two types of things that even suggests that it might even be the same person at any point in time and it is the same person yeah i okay here's something too about her mom with like the whole scars and stuff they started a conversation where her mom was like, oh, it's like a tearish uh, ritual. But then they never yeah. explained what the purpose of that ritual what? was. Yeah. And like, and then Zayden did it again when he took responsibility for Violet with the council or whatever the hell in Eritia, however the hell you say it. I don't know. Um... But, like, I feel like if we got more context for what that means, then it would, like, make her mom not as whatever. But she just basically said that it was, like, I, we still don't know what that means. And, like, I thought it would have something to do with the rooms, and we just never really got an answer for that. Also, what's going to happen to the dragons now that have been hatching in Artia? under the premise that, like, they're gonna be able to put up the ward stone, and now they can't. Like, they're funneling magic into that ground. Are they gonna move the hatchlings now? Like, how is that gonna work? Mm -hmm. Because they have, like, the half border, or whatever, the, the half ward that's also, still working, but... How did Andarna know? Like, okay, so, like... Uh, but I mean, Andarna was meant for Violet. Like that—that's kind of what the whole that whole part of the book was, right? That she knew that Violet was coming, and so she hatched after being laid for six hundred and fifty years. 
and <laughs> she like what okay <laughs> she heard about violet from how other dragons talking i guess i don't know the, from can they talk when they're in their egg are they just like i don't know listening they haven't explained the imperium to us i don't i yeah that it makes a little bit of sense because obviously there was something like special about andarna like there were plot holes about why she could bond right when none of the other baby dragons can and like why is she gold she's a feather tail but she's gold and that's special um and like I guess that's a resolution to some of those things, but I definitely think it could have been more like laid out for us. I don't know. Yeah. I we also don't really know why Violet's special yet, and I feel like at this point in the story we should know kind of why she's special. Um I feel like maybe a couple of the fights between Zayden and Violet that were the same fight over and over again could have been taken out and replaced with Hey, by the way, Violet's special because... Uh... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. And I... I I also just, like, I wish there would have been more groundwork laid for what it means now that Zayden's, like, a Venon. I mean, it's a good cliffhanger, but we don't know what happens to people who have dragons who become Venon. We don't know what happens to, like... And so, like, I, it would mean more if I knew exactly what that meant. Because we don't really know what being Venom means. Are they, like, vampires? Are they... Right, well, and, like, I think most of that like, is like, turned that... by, by, like, choice, right? With the express right. purpose of wanting to, like, eventually draw more power from the source. Right. So they didn't, didn't do that, and so I'm, like... And they make it seem like it's an addiction. But it's... I, I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how that's different from channeling from like the dragons. It seems like you just you're skipping like the conduit. Like the dragons are like the conduit for people to use magic, and so I don't know if dragons are mm-hmm. like the way that they temper, or how much they can draw from the source and stuff, or or what. But like, I I'm also not sure that they're like okay. My prediction is that there has been some sort of dragon rider that has gone venom and then has like cut themselves off. Not it's not like a cure, but it's or is a sage or that like there because I feel like there has to be. I feel like it's gonna be almost like what happened with Peta. Like there there isn't necessarily a solution that's gonna make everything better, but there is some sort of way in the plot to, like, make them stay together. I think it'll cost him something. I'm not sure what, but, like, I don't know. I, like, I could also see them having to, like, cut off humanity's ability to draw from the source altogether like magic just doesn't exist anymore and it dies out with that generation or something like i some sort of exchange i don't know i don't know uh i could see um so they're on like one continent maybe the venon have their own continent and like they have to go there eventually and they find out that that's where the sage is and the sage has dragons and stuff like that and then they fight over open water and... like the night king yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's just game of thrones 
the last actually you know what that's actually kind of what the sage feels like like if he just ends up getting stabbed by Arya stark i'm gonna be pissed who would that be like rhiannon uh no it would be like it would be like quinn like it would be somebody that we like know nothing about although i love Arya stark i do too um uh, I liked Imogen throughout this book. <laughs> yeah. She had some good character development, I think. Um, yeah, I like the parts, especially when she's like, can you shut the fuck up about <laughs> <laughs> I liked that part. I just want her to be happy, too. I'm like, I hope one day you don't have to pine after Garrick anymore. And he'll just, he'll notice you. Um, also, I felt like they were trying to, like, give us a little bit more of Bodhi, but... I didn't really learn. Like, he was just there more. Maybe she ends up with Bodhi because Bodhi is. I was actually, you know what I was thinking? Zayden. Who ends up with Bodhi? Sloane. No. I was thinking Cat. Who? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess now if Zayden is Venon, that Bodhi would be like the heir, right? Mm hmm. All all Kat wants, though, is power. Like, she doesn't really want Zayden. She wants the power. Ooh, what if her and Zayden become evil Venom couple, and then they're no. the villains? No. No. Not yes. Even. No. What? Who? Who is a character that just, we don't know what their purpose is, that just got introduced who could mend the relations between the Griffin Riders and Navarians through a potential marriage? Who has power? Who? Eric. Oh, Eric. King Tari's yeah. son, the literal prince? The actual prince? I mean, yeah, but he's, I think he's too young for her. He's, he's 20. 20. And she's what? Yeah, but she's like, She's same age as eight. Twenty-four. Yeah. It's not that big of a difference. No, about power. They're, then they're gonna they're gonna be no Zayden. No, I'm I'm going with Zayden and Cat are gonna be evil and powerful. I don't think I think Cat is. I think Cat is on her way toward a redemption arc. I think that's what it was leading to when she was becoming more a false. I don't think so. I think a betrayal means more if it comes from someone that we wouldn't expect it from. But wouldn't it become if, like, she became an integral part of the story and then ends up betraying them anyway? Like, that would also be really good. I guess. I don't I base, But based on what you were, literally, the only reason I thought about that is because of what you were just saying, how she wants power, right? I, the, I, in my head, the the person with the next highest title who would make sense because she's the she, he is the second son of King Tari and she is the niece of the Viscount. And she likes power and what's his purpose? And he doesn't have a love interest yet. True. I don't know. I guess only time will be able to tell. Apparently not very much time, though. (laughs) 
I will say that if the next book comes out within the next six months, it's not going to be good. Like, because yeah. this one was not good. It needed to, to be. It needed to be two. I think that's like the big, big issue. It would have been better I, if it was I, two books and there was more time spent. If she, if I listen, I don't care if it takes you a year to write the second book. I do not care as long as it's good. Um, I have no problem waiting for books that I know will be worth waiting for because the first one was good and then this is just not also the like the launch for this book was a was a mess have you heard about like any yeah of this happened? i don't think that's that's more of like the publishers no fault. right it's like it's like the actual publish not even the publisher it's the printer's fault um which is crazy that yeah like my book has issues um, I didn't even notice it until I saw a TikTok last night, but um, I have no dragon on chapter 17. Yeah, I checked after there. you sent that to me, and I don't either. Yeah, um, Emily has one, too. And also on the page that, like, tells you, like, the copyright page, it's also got, like, a typo up here. Um, yeah. And so, it and it's all by the same, this, like, one particular publishing company that had it, and it's a... I think it was like, yeah, the Italian company printed in Italy is where most of the issues came from. So if that's the copy you have, you probably have the same issues. But and I know we just- but I was seeing ones that were like people were like on page fifty and then it flipped to page like five hundred and twenty. Like could you imagine Or like being so were early upside on? down or yeah. fourth wing on the book instead of Iron Flame or the print is diagonal. Yeah. yeah. I saw that the sp- there were some people who had, like, the spine. And I'm glad that I didn't have this, because I it was a lot of the Amazon ones, and I got mine from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. The spine, it was, like, printed. Yeah. Like, off. Yeah. I also saw that. And, like, I generally hate hardcovers anyway, so it's irritating yeah. that that's all this comes in. Um... I don't I know we just tore I- into it for literally 50 minutes, but I still... Like, I like this world. I like this series. I will read the next book. There are plenty of issues with this one. I still generally liked the characters. And, like, I still ate this up, devoured it in a very short amount of time. And I felt empty when I finished it. I think it can be redeemed if she takes longer time to plot out what will happen next. I think it can be redeemed. Because... That's another thing about this book is that with the exception of her mom being dead and Zayden being Venom, there's nothing that can't be changed. You know what I mean? And also Sawyer having one leg. Those are like the three things. The I'm, three I'm things just like, did you just watch How to Train Your Dragon like right before she <laughs> releases and she's like, oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good idea. Um. But no, so it's, I, I think it could be redeemed. Th- that's another issue with this book is that it moved the plot along, but not in a way that can't be uncanonized, you know what I mean? Yeah, or rewritten a little. But I, I'm also, okay, here's my main worry, though. It's like, this felt like it should have been two books, right? With, like, all the stuff that happened. Like, I think it, it, it would have been better if it was, like, okay, second book ends with vice commandant dead and dane has been kind of redeemed a little 
and now we're fleeing back to the rebellion like that would have made more sense and we can spend more time like fishing out like violet and zayden getting back together and maybe not Mm -hmm. them fighting as much but like and also the whole thing with like the book and stuff we could have spent more time on that like i i don't know but i don't know how she's gonna like how she's gonna write that many more books after this because i feel like three more books i feel like i feel like it needs one more book because now like now we're we've left Bezgaith. i mean not really like we're back at Bezgaith at the end of this book yet again right um but like we've left the notions behind that this is just school and we're gonna be here all three years and then go into war like the war is happening school and what year you are doesn't matter as much anymore yeah (laughs) um this is like this is like the deathly hollows you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and like we've also gotten past the point where they're fighting people on both sides like navarre is obviously here for the fight now because they have to be um and so i'm like what else is really gonna happen like now it feels like it needs to be the big confrontation with like the big but Mm -hmm. she also i feel like has been pulling and like here's the thing it's okay to take what other people do and to like emulate it because it's successful but you still have to be creative and like parts of this are just so similar to a kotar that i'm like and hunger games and that i'm like are are you really gonna like because i feel like the way this is gonna go is almost exactly how a a kotar is because in theory it could and here's the thing I love Silver Flames, arguably the best book of out of all five of those. Like it's it's very good and I loved it. But like in theory, a Kotar could have ended after the third book. Then we have that stupid Christmas holiday edition dumb book. I, I know. <laughs> no. It is why why would you bring that up in front of me? That is literally one of the worst books I've ever read. It's about shopping and Faye's getting their period. And then like and then we go into that um, really great book about Nesta, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, that could have been a whole different series, like about Nesta, if we're doing spinoff of spinoff of spinoff, right? But like, I, so I'm just like, what are we gonna have like the big confrontation with the Venon and then some sort of like offshoot to yet another no. underlying conflict? It's like, I don't want that. Like, I think there's a reason some of the best series are like trilogies. Um, and it's because unless you have, like, a very clear plan and a really good timeline, it's hard to execute a really good storyline with that many books. And, like, there's a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. Throne of Glass, long as hell, phenomenal. Phenomenal book series, the end of it's great. Maddie, you're, what, halfway through it? Not even. No, I'm, I haven't even, I finished, I read, so far I've read, I've read Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight, and that's okay. it. Because I've been trying to, I had to read this behemoth. Yeah. Oh. And then I, the next book we're reading for next week is also a behemoth of a book. <laughs> is it Twisted? Twisted Lies. Twisted Lies. Yeah. It's actually, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's not so bad right now. So I, full disclosure, Scout's Honor, I'm going to have to audiobook that one. I don't care if some of you think that's not real reading. I have real finals, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, uh... yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but um yeah so i just don't like i am a little scared because of that i don't know 
what the hell she's going to try and come up with for three more books. I would really just like a resolution to this story with the third book mm-hmm. that's really well written about the confrontation between Navarre and all the rest of the people and the Venon and also some sort of, because it's inevitable, some sort of solution to the Zayden is a Venon problem. Um. Yeah. I, what it makes me happy, though, and, like, not, like, kiki happy, just, like, I don't know. I really did not like Akatar, and I'm glad that I don't like this book for the same reason mm-hmm. I didn't like Akatar, because now I don't feel like a fraud. Now I just know that I don't like this kind of story, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, there were definitely parts of it that were frustrating to me, because they felt so, so, so similar to Akatar, and, like, like I said, I, I really like that series because it got me back into reading. I'm also fully willing to admit where its faults are, um, especially, especially retrospectively. And, like, again, I gave this book a really high score because I generally like the world and the reading and the magic system. This book was a little problematic. And, like, I might even go back into Goodreads and change my score to, like, a four. Um, I still enjoy the experience, but... I scored it a four immediately after I read it, and then I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, no. And then the more and more I think about it, the more I want to change it to a two. But I feel like a two is like I think that's too low. Like I think it's too low because like, I I loved Fourth Wing, and like I think that's part of the reason why like I'm so up. Like I'm I'm like I'm like actually kind of like upset, not like angry, but just kind of like a real feeling of disappointment because I liked Fourth Wing so much. That this was just, it felt like such a letdown for me. I think the problem is just, it was too much content for one book, and it was rushed. It should have been two, and you should have spent a longer time really writing it out, making it better. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on her, probably a little bit by herself, right? Because she decided to pump this out right after, and like I'm sure she has a production company and stuff, and the publisher like pushing her. To crank this out fast but like you have to be able to balance quality with like immediate gratification now i'm the type of person who like is also pissed because i like put down that book and i'm like great well i want to read the third one so i know what the resolution is like i'm an immediate gratification reader it's really hard for me to read books like this when the next one is gonna be released at an undetermined time and i will read all the books in the series i'm well invested now i'm like like i've read 1200 pages into this story between the two books like i we're here for the long haul um but i also hope that like this is just like a learning experience too just because it wasn't as good as it could be doesn't mean you can't learn from it and like the plot is sitting in a place where the third book could still be really good as long as it's executed well yeah um i saw somebody on tiktok call this book because uh, of course, like, I post my video where I'm like, oh, yeah, I really did not like this book, and then all TikTok is showing me is, like, people who agree with me, which is just, like, a problem with TikTok to put you in, like, your own little echo chamber of people who also didn't like Iron Flame, but I, I saw somebody call this book um, fast fashion, but in literature, because the book came out so quickly, and then the publishing company, or the printing, co- the printing companies did a poor job of printing it, that it just kind of made the whole vibe off yeah i agree and like i'm the I'm the off chance rebecca yaros is watching our, our send us next one for free please. Uh, yeah that and also just like 
I think, you know, this book was a little rough in places, obviously. If you've listened to the last hour and you're here with us still, you kind of know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it still moved the plot along. And like I said, we're at a place at the end of this book where the next one can still be really good. So, like, I would say, like, and, like, there are series where, like, the second book just doesn't hit as as good. And then the third one is a good redemption. Please, Lord God, make it so. Um and, like, maybe explain some of the stuff that just happened too fast in this book. Like, give me more context for why, like, why, I mean, I get why it's important that Zayn is a Venom, but, like, what's going to happen with this dragon? I hate all of, like, you have to leave some open ends so that you can write the next story, but, like, there's too many in this book. There's too many things mm-hmm. I don't understand. I wish we would have gone more into the dynamic of Violet and her mom after all of this. The dynamic between Violet's mom and Violet's dad. Like, I wish we had more context for that. I think maybe she'll start communicating with her dad in the next book, if I'm right, about what her second sigil is. I also, like, I hate... I do not like that the way the book was written, the way the magic system is written, if you bond to a a dragon that has been previously bonded to someone in your family line, you get, like, a second sigil. I think it's kind of just like a cheap plot point and i'm like like no you're all special you all have your own special abilities you don't have to be more special like i also think it detracts if violet does have a second ability from the fact that she does because it's like oh there's multiple different ways you can have multiple signets you can either bond to like a dragon that was previously bonded in your family or you can be violet soringale and have two dragons but like it, it makes her feel like less of an exception, less special. And like, I, and like, I get Zayden is supposed to be her equal in a lot of ways, but like, I don't know. It just feels like it cheapens the story a little bit. And like, I would have been fine if the plot was like, oh, people go crazy if they plot, if they also, bond with someone who used to be bonded to a family member. Okay, I might just be crazy. Okay, what if Brennan and his 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 man they were married mm-hmm. or something along those lines when he died? That would make him a relative of Violet. His previous dragon mm-hmm. was Taryn. Um, they suspected that Zayden could get a power from Sagal or Sagal or whatever because she was his to written history his great uncle even though it was really his grandfather it doesn't seem like the familial tie ha- tie has to be very strong yeah but i think so that, i think are you talking about like the crazy part like it like i think that she i think that she could like technically I think maybe technically she could maybe have a third one because if Brennan was married to his partner, then do you see where it, like it cheapens it though that they're like yeah no I no I get it like it it like I yeah. wouldn't I it's like oh well if he can have two then she can have three and maybe there's someone who has four like I what if your dragon has babies yeah the concept my thing is like the concept of having more than one power I think is being thrown around to willy-nilly in this second book and like you really want violet to be established as like this powerful unique character i think she should be like the only person who has two not one of a couple mm-hmm. for like a different reason i don't know there and like i just need some other things 
from from the magic system explained to me in the next book like i get that she's building it out but i need some answers because it's getting a little too convoluted too and like you can leave mystery but like you still have to answer some of the questions as you go you can't just keep adding them up and up and up and up and up something else that i'm noticing a pattern of is that we get a final chapter from zayden's pov and i don't know if i like that because i feel like this book should have been dual pov especially considering the fact how frequently they were not together that okay here's the thing too that would have made it so much more sense if it was two books we could have had his perspective right and like it would have been long enough because we would have had his perspective what's going on at the front lines and his miscommunications with violet would have been able to see those more clearly we also could have figured out that he has two abilities and Violet not knowing them and know what that's doing to him still having to lie to her after all the time of saying, yeah. I'm going to tell you all this truth. And I thought there, I thought this book was going to be dual POV, to be honest. So did I. I expected it to be. So, I don't know. I That was frustrating. But only time will tell what will be the difference in the next book i hope that it takes longer to come out if it comes out in what's six may i don't think it'll be very good i'm going to read it because why would i not read it i've already put in this much time but if the next one is not good i don't think i'll read the rest yeah well it's a lot of yeah i don't know i if it comes if it takes like a year to come out if the next book doesn't come out until november of next year even later if it doesn't if it if it's like game of thrones like it takes like three years i'll be fine like i you know what i will i be sad that i have to reread everything yes but i would rather the story be told well than the story to be told half-assed yeah no i agree i I think, too, like, maybe there's just some sort of learning curve, because I'm pretty sure this is, like, the first fantasy dystopian-type book Rebecca Yaros has written. Like, I know she's written other romances mm-hmm. and stuff, too. So, sure. Romances, yeah. I And, like, so I've been reading a lot of Allie Hazelwood recently, and she's gonna do, a like, a werewolf story, I think, here next year. She does, like... Oh, perfect for you. I know. She does, like, Academia Rivals, so I'm, like, interested (laughs) to see how that transition's gonna go. I'm gonna read it. I'm, like, frothing at the mouth to get my hands on it, actually. But, like, I always always get a little apprehensive when, and, like, you can have, you can be a jack of multiple trades, right? But, like, it, fantasy writing and romance writing are two different things a lot of times there are stories that have elements of both but it can be a very delicate balance and if you're not careful you can write stuff that just feels old or boring or too based off of something else or something Mm -hmm. that you spit out too quickly and like i don't know again now that i'm coming down off like the post book high and i've read like I had another book I've been reading for like three weeks that I finally finished after I finished this one and I read a whole nother one. Now I'm halfway through another uh, because that's what I do in between study breaks. But like now that I'm coming down off the high, I'm a little more (laughs) disappointed. But like that being said, as I was reading the book, I still got a lot of gratification as somebody who liked the first book and I still had like a a book void when I finished it. Um, So... 
Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be I like a little bit more. Don't drive across the country to get a copy or something. Like, don't go out of your way. If you have to wait a couple right. weeks to read the book, it's not the end of the world because your life's not going to change that much. Yeah. I, it left me a little bit in a slump. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, re- I finished, like, it took me forever to read it because I just was like seeing all the issues with it. And then I, has- I also had like a hard week at work. Like, it was just like a lot going on at work this week. Um, and so it just was like kind of draining because I was like, oh, I want to read this book because I'm so excited about it. And then it just wasn't. I just, I needed like a really big palette cleanse. I tried to start Six of Crows after I read another romance book in between this one and the one that I'm on now. And I just could not, like mentally, (laughs) could not handle that because of how much brain power this book took to freaking read. So, I don't know. I'm just playing Uh, my fun little smut books in between. (laughs) A reprieve as well. Yeah, I, I'm ready to finish the Twisted series next week, so. Put it to rest. Yeah, I can't wait to bury those bad boys in my backyard. Yeah, I have not heard good things about the other series that she's been doing, King of Wrath or whatever. I did Grace, Grace read it, I think, I right? think so. I don't think she liked it very much. But I think she gave it a five. I'll have to look. She's... Don't look at my friend Grace's Grace is, Goodreads. Grace, Grace, you're crazy. <laughs> you have read 219 books this year. How is that even possible? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's, um, she's insatiable. But I guess my, uh, what's it called, died my uh, light. Mm. So we should probably wrap it up. Say au revoir. Yeah. <laughs> au revoir. Okay, hang on. Let me see what Grace gave this book. She gave it four. Oh, that's still a good. I know. <laughs> she gives out fives way more willy nilly than we do. Although I've been dropping fives on books left and right recently. I I saw this TikTok and it was like um, the books I gave five stars to this year, and it's like five books. I'm like, oh, I think mine's like that. But we read all of Harry Potter this year, so that's. I'm getting six five-star books right there. I don't know if it's the holiday season or what, but I'm getting way more generous. Like, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. need to reassess during the new year. <laughs> yeah. I can't just of, keep a, handing out these fives. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about for the upcoming year, which is exciting. It'll be almost, it's almost our one-year anniversary on here. I so. know! <laughs> Crazy. All right, well, I think that concludes our review of Iron Flame. Uh, better luck next time, Yeah, I guess. Uh, but if you want to see what we're up to when we are not reviewing books or going off on tangents about literature and stuff like that in general, uh, you can check out our social medias. We have Pinterest, TikTok, and Instagram all at the Woody Banter Book Club. Uh, If you're listening, thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, also thank you. Please like, subscribe, comment, all of the good stuff. Um, We also have an Etsy store if you want to buy a bookmark to support the pod. Um, But other than that, we'll see you next week for Twisted Lies. There's nothing else to say besides happy, happy reading.